This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome into a Friday episode of your favorite Miami Dolphins podcast. This is SB Nation's Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. And in today's episode, we are going to preview the Miami Dolphins Week 13 matchup against Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. But before we get into all of that, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendall. Jake, the babe is excited. Hopefully you're as excited as she is. How you doing today, my friend? Josh, I don't know if I can rival that energy, but I'm getting pretty jacked up for this game between the 49ers and Dolphins this weekend. Um, I look at you as kind of a mentor, you know, the the master to my Padawan, if you will. And Josh, I got to ask you something because you've you've been going through life for a while. And, and I, why doesn't anyone let people know when they're growing up that all of a sudden just waking up in the morning hurts? For some reason, all week, my neck has been in an absolute knot. I have one of those cube pillows because I lay on my side. Nothing is working. How can you, like, sleep is such an enjoyable part of your day. How has it become such a miserable uh, situation for me? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody tells you that stuff because they don't want you to just dread getting older, right? I mean, I, I'm cooked at this age. I'm, what, 35, almost 36 with three kids. Um, I feel like my better days are behind me. So um, I definitely am sure I can relate to that, Jake. You know, all of our listeners can relate to waking up with that pain that you're suffering through right now. But uh, at least we don't have to suffer through those Dolphin games anymore, right? I mean, there were for 20 years or so, it seemed like uh, we'd wake up and every day we'd try to, you know, put that smile on. It was that meme with the mask over that smiling face. But now we finally have a team to be proud of eight and three. And, you know, as we've heard all week long, Dolphins playing meaningful football in December and January and no game bigger than this Sunday's matchup against the 49ers, Jake. And someone, you know, we both live in the Northeast for uh, people who are just joining us for the first time. The way you just said that, Josh, it kind of makes sense that, you know, growing up wearing that Dolphin, uh, Merch, I guess, was kind of like a safe space, Um, not because the team was good. It's because the team was so mediocre that nobody cared, right? Um, One thing I'm really picking up on this week is I'm seeing so many just weird, ridiculous takes coming out of the woodworks. And and I think it just goes to show uh, you start winning a little bit and then a couple other you know, fan bases get a little uh, defensive. So that's been kind of fun to see a little bit of interaction there. Never, never really hurt anyone. 
No, not at all. And uh, again, we do remember, need to remember, you know, we're fans. Nothing that we say or do really <laughs> impacts the way they go out there and play. But it feels so nice to be able to, you know, get into these little spats. I mean, you see it. Dolphins fans all, all season long, you know, they've been making sure that everyone that said something negative about their quarterback was dealing with that. But this week, uh looked like some of the fan base got into it with the 49ers fans. So um, it's always fun to have, again, these meaningful games against a team that, you know, you're really looking at the schedule. Besides saying this was Mike McDaniel's, you know, revenge game or his chance to take out his master or padawan or whatever you call it i mean uh we weren't really sitting here saying let's i'm excited for that 49ers game but after you know the recent weeks after how well both teams are playing i mean some people are saying this is a, you know a potential super bowl you know preview which i don't know about you jake but that just you know goosebumps goosebumps all day long queasy goosebumps wait josh josh josh, josh. you mentioned something about the revenge game are you are you trying to tell me do do mike mcdaniel and kyle shanahan know each other is that what you're trying to tell me i heard they're friends they, they've been passing or something yeah, good. Mike said a joke once. Kyle laughed, and you know they, that that was about it. No, these two have been working together for 16 years. And Josh, one of my favorite um, NFL personalities, Peter Schrager, um, he did a really cool piece about Mike McDaniel's path and everything that Kyle Shanahan had to do with it. Um, did you did you you watch this right? I did. Yeah, I did. I recommend everyone go watch it. Not only because Schrager is an excellent storyteller. Josh, the way Mike McDaniel got involved in the Denver Broncos, the first team he was ever a part of, is absolutely incredible. Josh, 10-year-old Mike McDaniel was trying to get a autograph from running back Robert Del Pino. Do you remember Robert? Was he on your fantasy team? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm old, but I don't think I had Robert Del Pino on my, <laughs> on my fantasy team. So McDaniel's sitting there. He's trying to get an autograph from the running back. And I wish I knew this is the part of the story they didn't talk enough about. They say his hat, McDaniel's hat, just randomly disappeared, which I don't know how that happens. I, I don't know if the, the San Fran winds are that crazy where it's just going to blow away. I don't know if someone just straight up stole it from him. But he lost his hat. It was gone forever. There was a Broncos staffer that felt so bad that he went to the mall, bought a new hat, and gave it to McDaniel the next day. But it doesn't end there, Joshua. That same Broncos staffer met Mike McDaniel's mom they fell in love, and the rest was history. Man, that is such a fun, incredible story. Uh, you never know it's how it's going to happen or who you're going to beat where, but, man, that that is a lot of fun. Yeah, Jake, I was going to joke that, you know, that staffer definitely took that hat, right? That was his way of meeting Mike McDaniel's mom, <laughs> but it is just so crazy the way fate kind of interwoven these two together. And, um, you know, someone mentioned it in my replies earlier today, you know, for his Gleam, you know, as bleak as it looks right now in Denver, they had every opportunity, right, to bring in Mike McDaniel and to tr potentially interview him for that Great vacant uh, head coaching job. So who knows the way this timeline could have went differently. But I know as Dolphin fans, we are so excited to have Mike McDaniel. And that was just an awesome story. Like you mentioned, Peter Schrager, one of the best storytellers. And just to see the way it all kind of unfolded. And then at the very end, he brings up the Trey Lance trade and how that led to, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and uh, Bradley Chubb. I mean, uh, those guys are interwoven for, throughout history forever. And uh, these two two teams are as well. Josh, the Dolphins have played um, not the best teams lately. Someone actually made the comparison of last week's what happens when you have a good college team play a good NFL team. And, and that got a good chuckle out of me. But um, the Dolphins this week are kind of, I think they're like entering the void in a sense, because we still have so much to learn about this group. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit the wins early against in the season. That Baltimore game was awesome. Obviously, you're going to take a win against Buffalo 10 times out of 10. But December football is different. November football is different. I mean, Bill Belichick came out and said uh, football season doesn't start till after Thanksgiving. So, Josh, I think my most my favorite perspective about this game is that the Dolphins somehow 
are going to this game kind of unproven. The San Francisco defense is great. The Dolphins, this offense hasn't played any great defense in the last two months. So to me, man, I think this is a great test of the unknown. We're entering the void. What can this team be? I think this is going to be that first real benchmark, um, you know, obviously if they lose they can come back win next week and the tone instantly changes but i think this is that first like you're gonna be walking down the street you're gonna look in the window you're gonna see the dolphins and you're gonna have to just stop and stare because they're that impressive or you're just gonna keep walking and just keep ignoring every window you see yeah this is that game that you know can i don't want to say put them on the map but you know this can shut a lot of the doubters up i mean we heard it all season long and even most recently this week i mean you keep hearing yeah two is on this stretch you know on this tear but he's going against you know this ranked defense and this and that so i mean when you're going against D'Amico ryan's i think they're what number one ranked defense in the game i mean obviously if two goes out there and puts up those similar numbers like a patrick mahomes did i think he tore apart that defense earlier in the season i mean besides from that though that defense has just buckled down so i absolutely believe that you know it's getting a little bit tired some that every other week you know they need Tua to do the next hurdle but um I said it before this is a legit um by many accounts Super Bowl contender right the the San Francisco 49ers and if you want to prove that you belong up there with them I mean you got to go out there and do it I have their season uh all-time series record the Dolphins do lead the series eight to six for whatever that's worth I think their most notable game was uh Dan Marino I believe he took the Dolphins to the Super Bowl and ended up losing to the Niners I'm too young to remember that so I, I don't know what that says about I kind of fell right in between uh, dude, I'm stoked to see the way these two teams play and to see how Mike McDaniel, again, mentored P- Padawan Jedi. I don't know, Jake, you always know the right words, but I mean, he's going against his sensei and this will be their first meeting against one another. It's always tough to record these shows on a Friday because we don't, all the information is, isn't out there. And I was doing my research for this uh, pod, Josh, and there were so many people already saying Teron Armstead is out and, and pretty surprising to me that isn't, that isn't been confirmed just yet. But what has been confirmed, Josh, is that Austin Jackson, he'll be out with an ankle injury. Teron Armstead, as of Friday, was limited in practice. And early in the week, man, he was telling people he was going to play. And again, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I might just be being a homer here. But all we heard about for Teron Armstead is the injury issues. You know, he's 16-game season. He cannot play that. But just being this engaged, being this involved, and hearing the stories about how... He's a great coach on the sidelines. Even when he's on the line, he's calling out where different guys are going. I think you just see someone who he's going to miss a couple games, but he's going to do everything in his power to impact this team seven days a week, no matter what that means. Yeah, and I keep thinking about it. I mean, we brought in Teron Armstead, and he's worked wonders for that offensive line, but he's been banged up pretty much since he arrived here. And we see him, you know, week after week going against, you know, the opposition's best pass rusher. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much this is Mike McDaniel playing reindeer games, but he basically said, you know, we owe it to Teron Armstead to wait till the game day to decide. And, you know, he doesn't need to practice at all throughout the week, right? Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. he's basically his second coach out there. Uh, we heard how important it was for him to take Robert Jones under his wing, you know, just a few days ago. But um, I really, really hope he's here because you know Nick Bosa is again one of the best pass rushers in football uh, I think Mike McDaniel kind of joked that you know he does pass rush moves on the hand uh, sanitizer dispenser you know he's just <laughs> eats breathes and sleeps football so I think I might have called him Joey Bosa that was my mistake on our previous podcast but Nick Bosa is a game changer I think he has 11 and a half sacks and to have Teron Armstead out there I know I'd feel much less queasy than what well, like you mentioned Austin Jackson's out so then you got what Greg Little and uh, Brandon Shell. I mean those two guys are probably going to be fighting over who's on that left side and as we saw you know as soon as Armstead went out of that game Brandon Shell belongs on the right side yeah Nick Bosa has just one game without a sack and this is a defense that has a pressure rate of about 30 percent they do know how to get into that backfield Josh you just hit the nail on the head I was going to ask you about it I mean let's say both uh Teron Armstead Austin Jackson is out I, I don't know how how loud I need to be to 
kind of get the point across that Brandon Shell should be on the right side of that offensive line. You just see how different it is for him. And football, it's such a all these guys are such incredible out uh, athletes that you need any sort of advantage. And if it, for him, it's simply he works better on the right. I think you need to take advantage of that. Josh, if Armstead is out, do you see this as a simple Nick Bosa game over that that's the end of it? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I think, you know, Nick Bosa, I think Mike McDaniel said it best, you know, he's going to eat regardless, right? He's still going to end up getting, making those big plays, making those impactful plays. It's just really limiting that. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think I'd say it's closer to being over than not. I mean, I know they got Eric Armstead back on that defensive line. And like you mentioned all throughout, I mean, this is the number one defense in football. I mean, so um, we got to pray the Dolphins get that run game going too, right? But I mean, that's not going to come about without, um, you know, that offensive line being one full unit. So uh, Queasy Meter would definitely be an all time high but again just the fact they're leaving it open you know if it comes down to Toronto Armstead whether or not he wants to go out there it sounds like he's ride or die and um again I just I love his attitude love that he's here and you know if we're gonna, we're gonna ride the wheels till they fall off I mean and that's what he wants to do you know let's hop on them pegs and ride it and there's so much talk about you gotta protect Tua right all, all these different things but he leads the league with a 103 passer rating when under pressure uh Geno Smith is second Joe Burrow is third and just generally speaking his 115 quarterback rating first in league first at nine point uh nine yards per attempt and josh you know we we put together these rundowns right and, and they're loaded with with different stats and different numbers i want to get out of the weeds for a second because josh there's someone on this miami dolphins football team his name is tyreek freaking hill and to me i'm gonna go as just potato brain as i can and say tyreek hill is one of the best two wide receivers in football you're going all the way to the other side of the country you have your best players win you football games. And to me, man, you look at Tyreek Hill leading the league in receiving yards. Uh, he's still due for a big touchdown game. He only has four on the year. I think it's as simple as Tyreek Hill is going to go absolutely off in this game. I, I have a couple stats, but I'm just going to, I kind of want to leave it at that. Just you have a great player, uh, difference maker, and he's going to be just that. Because yes, he did that early in the season. But Josh, over the last five weeks or so, yeah, Tyreek Hill's been good and Jalen Waddle have been good. I'm ready to see him be great. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it is crazy. I'm looking at his numbers. He leads the lead in, uh, receptions, 87 of those, 1,233 yards receiving. But um, like you mentioned, you don't want to say it's quiet that he's putting up these numbers, but you're still waiting for that big play. You're waiting for Tyreek Hill, I guess, to put his mark on that game. And I think, you know, this peace would be signs. that. Yeah, the peace signs. I mean, I keep joking, or I I guess maybe it's just me and the voices in my head, but I keep thinking the Dolphins down this stretch run. Tell me Mike McDaniel doesn't have a Debo package, whereas, you know, utilizing Tyreek Hill in the backfield as, you know, to get the ball in his hands and let's see what he can can do so sorry baby guy excited so and i think again he's going to prove like you said that he is you know you said one of the top two he's he's number one right i mean Justin jefferson's a hell of a talent we saw stefan Diggs last night looking like a monster but tyree kill what he brings with that speed that's the difference i mean you keep seeing the kyle shanahan and mike mcdaniel comparison you see all the articles they're talking about how these guys you know manipulated their playmakers to build that offense around them and um you don't see many tyree kills and Jalen waddles and many other football teams Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.
I'm really not entirely sure how San Fran goes about this um, in terms of who's going to cover whom, but their their best cornerback, I'd say, is Chardarius Ward. Uh, he has an interception. He's allowing an opposing quarterback rating of 80 or 68.5. Uh, Josh, I just want to run through some of the quarterbacks he's faced this year. It started, uh, they lost to Justin Fields, uh, Geno Smith. They lost to Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota. Patrick Mahomes went off for 423 yards and three touchdowns. More broken Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, Colt McCoy, and Andy Dalton. So, Josh, you see what Patrick Mahomes did. I'm not saying to us Patrick Mahomes. What I want to say is, can we compare the Chiefs offense to the Dolphins offense? Because if so, I think this is a team that can score points on Sunday. Yeah, uh, we absolutely can. I mean, it's at the point where we can definitely say that this offense, you know, um, Tyreek Hill got all sorts of in the offseason for saying even comparing the two but I do think um yeah this Dolphins offense they have the talented players but again it's all going to come down to that offensive line which I wish we knew for a certain that Toronto Armstead was going to be in the lineup but you look across at that um San Francisco 49ers defense man I mean where two of time of those been picking defenses apart is in the middle of that field and I wish I could pronounce their safety's name Hufanga I'm, I mean I probably butchered that but I think you got it oh, nice but Atua kind of said that he kind of reminds of Troy Palomalo in the way he plays his game so uh they have very good defensive players all throughout Dre Greenlaw Fred Warner those are two of the best um linebackers in all of football so again Tua likes to attack the middle of that field how much are we going to see those dropping linebackers, Jake? I mean, I know you and I had fears that over the first two seasons. We'd always fear, too, you know, throwing it right into a linebacker's chest. I mean, those guys are going to try to take away that middle of the field. They like to use that zone defense, but um, you can throw up every number from this year. You know, Tua has just been a surgeon against man, been a surgeon against uh, zone, but something's got to give. And, uh, again, it all comes down to how that offensive line is going to hold up if, and I, I knock on wood, if Teron Armstead's out of the lineup. This is off the top of my head, but I think Ufanga also trains with Troy Palomalu, and he's kind of got the hair nice. going on, too. So <laughs> nice. it, it, there's there's those uh, similarities. Josh, uh, the 49ers are actually excellent at guarding the middle of the field. That's where they actually make a lot of their money, and Fred Warner is a big reason why. And I'm so happy you brought up how he used to throw cor uh, balls to opposing linebackers and throw it right in their guts. What's changed this year, though, and what we're starting to hear more people talk about is how great Tua is at uh, manipulating defenses with his eyes. You look at the offense we saw last season, Josh, it was a quick one-read strike, get it out and go. That's how you lead to those interceptions and those traps. What Tua is doing differently this year is he is manipulating guys with his eyes. And to me, that's where that chess match really starts between Fred Warner and Tua. And you wonder, are you going to play man defense and, and try to... Um, get to Tua or do you try to play that zone and hope that you know you can force him into those bad throws before he can uh, maybe shake a defender away from one of those speedy wide receivers yeah I mean at this point it's anyone's guess and I think you know D'Amico Ryans will definitely have an answer for that um but Fred Warner yeah I want to make sure we give him his flowers because he is by far one of the best linebackers in football and I think he has 81 total tackles on the year two sacks I mean uh, we hear so much about Nick Bosa, but it's that middle of the field where Tua does yes. most of his damage. And this is going to be that fun, you know, quarterback, you know, quarterback on the defense type matchup. So love the way you brought that up, Jake. I mean, I don't know. How would you attack this? I mean, if this is mad and you're probably hoping the blitz gets there, maybe playing zone, but you, I mean, you lock the, try to lock those guys up in man coverage. And that's what's so uh, deadly about this Dolphins offense, right? I mean, not many people can run toe to toe with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle when, again, when you're getting the time to make those plays. So um, this is going to be a hell of a matchup. And again, it's just a testament to both teams. And I'm excited to see how the Dolphins match up with against, again, a Super Bowl contender. I mean, uh, we have so many more hours till this game starts. And I just, I, I wish it was, we could sim life, right? Just simulate to the game day. Josh, I never want to simulate life when I'm already busy with you. Keep that in mind. That sounded what beautiful. 
one of the thing everyone's getting so worked up about and and obviously so is you know the revenge game narrative right jeff wilson raheem moster um you even can go river craycraft and um Trent Sherfield. I mean, I could make you could make the argument that Trent Sherfield's due to have an absolute monster game. Um, he certainly deserves it. But Josh, this is where I think we're kind of getting again stuck in the weeds. You have guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle that are so incredible. I think everyone's gonna be thinking, like, yeah, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, they're gonna try to really get it going on the ground. I don't necessarily know if it's that if it's that simple, man. I think it's one of these uh scenarios where we're just really not focusing on the right thing. I mean, I was listening to Mike Florio, uh who said that good defenses beat good offenses. And I was like, I don't know. The, the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. Then his backup for that was Super Bowl 19, 40 years ago, Josh. That, that to me, just sounds crazy. So I think, you know, there's so many moving parts on both of these teams. But when you boil it down, I mean, I just see Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, And you're featuring these guys as much as you are to be those absolute studs, you know, 1A, 1B on one of the most high-powered offenses. And we shouldn't get caught up on, you know, the revenge narratives when you're playing a meaningful game in December, you need your playmakers to make plays, and that's what the Dolphins have. Yeah, and I I just hope at this point Mike McDaniel doesn't overthink it, right? I mean, we've seen him maybe play calling and different game scenarios at times just seem, you know, a bit green and like he was overthinking things. So, uh, yeah, man, get your playmakers the ball, let them do the things that we, you know, have hoped to see. But, um, you said it's not going to be a revenge game. We're absolutely going to pretend it's a revenge game, right? I mean, every time Jeff Wilson <laughs> carries the ball, Raheem Mostert, you know, we, we heard everything going on throughout the week with that, you know, taken out of context and, uh, saying the Dolphins had a spooky, good, you know, players on offense, which he's not really necessarily, you know, lying, but I, I am mean, interested to see, how well they do against D'Amico Ryan's defense again, who, you know, at, at first glance, I mean, he's got definitely going to be a head coach, you know, sooner than rather than later. And then Miami's defense, how can they counter some of those weapons? I mean, um, we kind of joke Eric Rose at tight end racer. I mean, him versus George Kittle, if he's, uh, you know, tabbed with covering him, I mean, that's uh, a matchup. I don't know that anybody can truly cover George Kittle. You got Ayuk, who's got the speed. Debo Samuel's banged up, Jake. I don't even know if we really got into that, but he's nursing a hamstring injury, I believe. And then Christian McCaffrey, they don't even know if he's a full go. So uh, again, I wish we had another day or two where we could record, but at this point, we're just going to assume McCaffrey's out there. They got all their weapons and uh, we're going to need that Dolphins defense especially up front we you know we need Bradley Chubb Jalen Phillips those guys to get to Jimmy Garoppolo because um you know maybe I'm just ignorant but I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna uh, has the capabilities to you know win a football game on his own I have to agree with you Josh you think about what happened the last time these two teams played it was a I think 43-17 win for the Dolphins in Miami Bloodbath. did we have Fitzpatrick then was that the Fitzpatrick led offense I can't remember I think- I, I think it was during that stretch. That's probably something I should have looked up. Um, my, my bad about that. Um, Josh, I basically, it basically boils down to three things. And, and you just mentioned the pass rush. And it doesn't even include the pass rush, which I think, you know, is getting better as the season has gone on. You saw Bradley Chubb force a fumble last week. Josh, this isn't like a perfect comparison, but, you know, you see Greg Kittle out there going absolutely bananas. Eric Rowe just clobbered, clobbered Jordan Akins. Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. I I can't remember. Either way, he got destroyed. Absolutely. Destroyed him. Josh, you mentioned the pass rush, and it's going to be such a big factor to this game, but there are three, like, questions or three different uh, comparisons I want to make between the San Francisco offense and the Dolphins defense where I'm going to be pretty excited to see what happens when you pit, you know, player one versus uh, player B here. Obviously, it's 11 on 11, but Josh, if you see George Kittle, you see him running down the field being an absolute maniac. First thing I'm asking is where's Eric Rowe, the dude who just obliterated a massive tight end and forced a fumble. That to me is a little exciting matchup, chess chess match to see where that goes. Josh, another one. 
Christian McCaffrey is getting the ball. Where is our good friend, Alandon Roberts, who is going to tackle a dude through another dude? I cannot wait to see that. Obviously, the 49ers, they have that stretch zone defense or offense, I should say, where they're going to try to get the ball to the outside, which kind of you get away from what a Landon Roberts is good at, which is running straight down the field. Uh, but at the same time, you just need to lay one or two hits on to really have an impact in the game. And finally, man, Debo Samuel, he is an outstanding wide receiver. The Dolphins, Xavier Howard isn't having his best year despite scoring a touchdown last week. I think Howard struggles most of all with the uh, faster guys who are just going to run behind him. Debo is very fast, but he's also a very physical guy. And I think that's something that Xavier Howard actually likes to play with a lot. Yeah, I love those matchups that you you broke down there. I mean, Atlanta Roberts, you know, one-on-one in a vacuum with McCaffrey, that might be game over. But if he gets one of those hit sticks on him, I mean, that could be the d- deciding factor. I hope, I I really hope they let Eric Rowe and George Kittle do their thing because this is a matchup now that I'm just dying to see. And then Debo, you kind of hope he's full go or at least you know that the hamstrings well enough that you know we can see Xavier Howard you know versus Debo Samuel because dude on paper that's just again lots of marquee matches across the board and then you look at their offensive line they got Trent Williams they got um Mike McGlinchey I believe a player that the Dolphins I thought they had mm-hmm. some interest in him according to Ben Albright you know early in the draft process so uh they have a nice stout offensive line you mentioned that run game let's see what this Dolphins defense can do you know off of that impressive I mean they look pretty damn good last week again against it was the, the Texans but I mean if they can go out there repeat performance you know shut down Ayuk, shut down George Kittle get to Jimmy Garoppolo I mean I, I think you know I'm starting to get goosebumps looking at because I got PFF pulled up here man and you look across the defensive line you know Chubb's rated high Cater at secondary you know Cater Coho he's like rated high Jalen Phillips Christian Wilkins Melvin Ingram I mean dude Dolphins got some damn pieces on defense so um dude heavyweight title fight hopefully Mike McDaniel can uh get one over on him I mean we were so used to Brian Flores beating uh Bill Belichick right I mean so let's see uh Mike McDaniel get off on the right foot and uh, let's have everybody talk about the Dolphins as legit contenders. Could you go to nine and three, man? Got the Chargers next week on Sunday night football. Um, I don't know, Jake, you want to give a prediction? I'm I'm ready to run through a freaking wall. Again, I wish it was Sunday. I wish we could sim sim life. It's such a, this is such a hard situation because the, the 49ers have some excellent weapons. There's the whole, um, the prince's bride. If, if you know what I know that, you know, that I would have known that I would have switched the cup. And that's kind of what we're going to see with the 49ers and the dolphins, um, in terms of offense, but I don't really know if Kyle Shanahan has the knowledge of the dolphins defense that Mike, uh, McDaniel would have of that 49ers defense. Again, this is getting really far out there and it's not really going to, translate much on the field uh but josh this also is a 49ers rushing attack that last week against the saints 29 carries 96 yards 3.3 yards per carry elijah mitchell his he had the longest run of the day which was 12 yards he is now done for the year um josh the dolphins are allowing 3.7 yards per carry uh to me it's it's simple man it is very simple you could show me one stat josh let me ask you first if you could see one stat outside of the score at the end of the game, end of the game, and tried to predict who won. Which one would it be? You mean like turn? Like can I just do takeaways, or is that too cliche? <laughs> no, yeah, hundred percent. You could do takeaways. Yeah, I was gonna say interceptions, but I'll go with takeaways in general. I'll be even more cliche. So I would look at the turnover battle for sure. So this is where I think the Dolphins' defense can really um, stamp the game, right? What we know about this Dolphins' defense is they're gonna give up some plays. They're going to give up some receptions, maybe a couple solid runs, but they're going to make you do it six, seven, maybe even eight times to get all the way down the field. Josh, the adult, or the 49ers offense last week, five for 13 on third down. To me, that I think is where they can really take advantage of. 
what what I say on Wednesday, something about why can uh, Miami take advantage of these lanky quarterbacks? I think it's because, you know, you get into those third down situations where you, you know, try to pin your ears back. You face a Josh Allen, you face a Lamar Jackson, and they can make that chicken salad just kind of appear out of thin air. They can scramble and, and move around. But if you're getting Jimmy G in third and seven, third and eight, I do have to point out that Jimmy G against the Blitz has a 117 rating, seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Two of stats are still better. But I think this is what we kind of saw the last time these teams played. And to me, I think that's the one stat that we're going to learn a lot from. If the 49ers are converting on third down, it means they're moving the ball. It means they're getting into manageable, manageable situations. But if we see another five for 13, man, that is music to my ears. And I think that's how the Dolphins come away with a win. Yeah, that sounds absolutely beautiful. And I was actually going to go, you know, once you started talking about the defense and their ability to get off the field and third down, that started to make me think about the Dolphins' ability to convert those third downs. And that's just what two has done so well. I wish I had a stat like you did, something nice to to throw out there. But, I mean, when the Dolphins do get into those third and long, those third and, you know, sevens and a little bit longer when other teams might fold, when you might not get the first down, that's when two is playing his best football. So, um, you know, to counter that, yes, they're going against a very good defense, but if they can still manage to move the change, still manage to get into those maintainable, you know, third down situations, I think the Dolphins' offense – I don't want to say they should be able to take this game over, you know, score at will, but I like their odds a lot more than I guess uh, the 49ers odds against this defense, but that could just be the homer me. I'm sure that's the homer me, but um, if we need a score, I'm going to say 27, 24, I'm going to give Jason Sanders his uh, game winning field goal that we've been uh, what waiting for forever. Man, I would love to see Jason Sanders a walk-off field goal. Fist bumping, mm. like telling people to suck it and stuff like that as he carried off the field, getting ready if- in and out. I, I think if he did, if he, if he won on a walk-off field goal, I think you just have to do a, a Tony Sperano, like honorarium, just like, bah, just throw the biggest fist pump you actually can. I think that'd be really special. Oh man, dude. I, I don't know. I, I obviously I'm not going to pick the 49ers. We we do too much with the Dolphins to say if that. If we were but... betting real money though, it would be very, really hard. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like the Dolphins at some point, they're going to slip up, right? Um, I know that people on Twitter are just waiting, you know, for two to have a bad game, but I almost would rather come this weekend than against Herbert or against Josh Allen the week after, right? If I had to pick one game to lose, let it be a hard fought game against the uh, 49ers, but to hell with that, we're going to win out. Everyone who, who's waiting for it is like that meme. It's just the guy in the mirror or in the window. It's a sicko on his shirt. And he's just like, yep. yes, yes. That's everyone waiting for two to do something bad. Um, I don't know, man. I have guts. I'm going to say it. Uh, let's go, let's go 30, 21. Let's say that the dolphins are kind of have their hand out stiff arming them the entire time has having that little advantage. I hope I'm not wrong. I think it's going to be a lot tougher matchup than that, but Hey, it's, it's cocky dolphin season. We only have 17 games per year. Let's have some fun with it. Joshua. Another week is in the books. We have done it, but we will be back on Monday to recap everything that happens on Sunday. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for letting us be a part of it. We will talk to you next time. But until then, and most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.